0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Bob,
1: on behalf of the entire National Football
0: League, I want to thank you, the entire Houston community, and
2: above all the fans of the Houston Texans, for bringing NFL football
1: back to this great city tonight. I'd like to think that uh, I'd be remembered as an honorable man, uh, as a good Christian man, and that that I always did things in a first-class manner and uh, treated people honestly. And I think that that would be uh, a good legacy.
0: The voice of the now late owner and founder of the Texans, Bob McNair. As I'm sure you've heard by now, Bob McNair finally succumbed to cancer on Friday at the age of 81. In today's show, we look back at his life. We give you our thoughts about what this means and hear what current and former Texans had to say about him. Welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with co-host Brian Patterson from Fansided's HouseofHouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best Daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. Before I bring in Brian, let's hear from Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta, who was part of the original Texans ownership group. And we'll hear from the first ever drafted Houston Texan player, quarterback David Carr, who spoke on NFL Network. We'll start off with Tillman.
2: It was extremely special being a part of his ownership group. Uh, I remember going to the first Super Bowl with Bob. Uh, after he was awarded the franchise, he took me in. I guess I was one of the younger uh, partners, and and
1: uh, him and his family, Cal, his wife, uh, are are just uh, very special people for Houston, and it's what makes Houston the great city that it is. Mr. McNair, from the moment he picked me up from the, you know, from my house and took me out to Houston, uh, flying up to the draft. I mean, it was just. Uh he treated me like a like a son. Um, him and Janice were fantastic humans. So just to be able to, to be able to bring football back to Houston was uh, was a feat in itself. And then, you know, from an owner's perspective, all you can really do is give your guys a chance, give them every opportunity that they that they you know that they have to go out and play successful football. And so he tried to give everything. You know, built a crazy nice weight room for us, great practice facility, indoor facility to stay out of the humidity. I mean, he did everything he could. And uh, that was the that was really the only regret after I left Houston was that I wasn't able to bring a championship home for him and, and Janice because they they definitely deserved it just because of what all they did to just bring football back to Houston and, and what they did for that football team. Dave, what are some of the specific memories that you have from Bob McNair? What what did he do to make you feel at home down there as a member of the Houston Texans? I mean, he was uh, he kind of encompassed the, uh, the Texas personality. I mean, he was you know friendly and hospitable to everybody that you know. From my, you know, immediate family to my extended family to friends that would come out. I mean, he would, he would invite them up to the suite. I mean, he would, he was, uh, he was great. He was, uh, he was exactly what you would hope an owner would be. And he expected to win, and, and he did everything he could and gave us a chance to. Because, you know, that's like I said, that's all you can ask is for a guy to give you a chance to to win. But, but in reality, at the end of it, he was an even better person. I remember, you know, probably the greatest thing that I that I know about Mr. McNair is at one point he was bankrupt and he didn't have any money and he was kind of completely out of his luck. I remember him telling me this story in his office and he was able to climb, climb back out. And a lot of people, you know, go bankrupt. You don't have to repay your debts, but he went back to every person that he owed money to and, and paid them back. And, and then some And then, and then he was able to, to get a football team and, and bring football back to Houston. So, I mean, that's just the kind of, just the kind of guy he is.
0: Great stuff from David Carr, the original Houston Texan. All right, Brian, uh, just want to get your opening thoughts, and just maybe what you thought when you heard the news yesterday.
2: I had feared that this was going to happen. Bob McNair had made any public appearances in in the past uh, year or so, and you know it, it, it didn't just Cal. You know, at the beginning of the season, usually the opener, you know, Cal and Bob are on the sidelines, you know, with the players, you know, congratulating them, just celebrating another season of you know, the Houston, Texas existence. But the fact that we have not seen him uh, was definitely concerning to me. And I kept, we kept asking around, you remember from show to show. And, you know, we talked with Jason Braddock earlier in the season. Uh, We talked to just with Aaron Reese a couple of weeks back and I asked him and he, he sounded reluctant or, you know, just didn't know anything about uh, what was going on. But um, little did we know that, that he, you know, was was very ill and, you know, he was trying to hold on and, um, you know, I, I just don't know what the situation was because he did receive treatments and he was cancer free for a while, but it, it looked like it, it got the best of him there. But uh, my condolences go out to the McNair family. Bob McNair did do a lot of good for the city of Houston. Now, there are some things that he alleged that he did that it's going to be talked about in his legacy. But ultimately, he, he ran the franchise uh, in a positive manner. And uh, I will forever be grateful for him bringing football back to Houston.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, we we knew that this uh, could happen. Like you said, it it was possible with, you know, not seeing him out there. You know, I remember going to the games over the last few years. Bob McNair would always speak after the wins, uh, not after the losses, but he would always uh, come talk to the media after the wins. Uh, We get to ask a couple of questions. Bob McNair would give his thoughts on, you know, where the team was at the time, you know, the the, the game that day or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, you mentioned what's happened over the last couple of years, and it's really complicated his legacy for some people. And I know some people agree, disagree with him, whatever. But what you can't disagree with was what he did for charity. He gave a half a billion dollars to charitable causes the McNair's uh, they gave to the Houston Zoo's Elephant Habitat, the Jogging Trail at Discovery Green, the United Way Computer Training Center, and then McNair Hall and Plaza at HBU. He also da- donated $100 million to help build the Baylor College of Medicine McNair campus. He's also been honored for supporting the education of inner city and underprivileged youth. Uh, McNair once said, what's the use in having money if you can't help those who need it the most. And Brian, I mean, that's, you know, that's something that's a major part of his legacy and, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, McNair's, uh, you know, they might've had their issues with whatever that you think might be, but I know for a lot of people, uh, this, this guy is considered one of the best human beings and we heard about it over and over again. We also got to mention, not only did he bring the Texans here, he also brought two Super Bowls to Houston.
2: We we all know that Bob McNair and you know I don't want to get too political on this show, but he was a staunch uh, Republican, and that included you know you know we were having to have to talk about the the national anthem uh, protest, and you know he was a very much against it you know with all what he said, especially you know during the owners meetings uh, the season previous you know he was quoted. You know, saying that uh, whenever they were talking about rules of changing the uh, NFL, national anthem policy, you know, he said that, you know, we don't want the inmates uh, running the the prison. And, you know, that created shockwaves. you know Kaepernick uh you know everybody who was you know in the, the, that situation and still is you know weighed in on it um those individuals but um it it struck a chord with many because it it felt insensitive uh, at the time to a lot uh that is still going on uh the the amount of racial violence uh you know that's that's continued to be uh, spewed out at minorities uh, especially African Americans uh but he one of the things that I wish, you know, he wouldn't have said is that he regretted for saying, it, you know, he regretted for apologizing, which I think that uh, was an order.
0: Yeah. You, you kind of wonder how much he was there in those yeah. last couple yeah. of days. So I, I, it's tough to throw everything at him that, that happened in the last year or two, because we don't know what condition he was in, how, how good his mind was at the time. Mm-hmm. So you know that that that's part of it i mean the texans they're going to wear his initials rcm as decals on their helmet uh, you'd think his name would go up in the texans ring of honor almost immediately uh, right now it's more the dot of honor with andre johnson the only name up there but uh that would be quite a gesture and who knows maybe we'll see that before the end of the season um Brian, we got a lot more to talk about coming up on the show. We're going to get to some thoughts from Texans players and legends, but first, if you're enjoying locked on Texans, tell your friends, let them know they can go to Spotify, the Google podcast app and iTunes support us by sharing our show links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes, email locked on Texans at mail.com for questions or comments. So we can bring you into the conversation and Boy, we're going to have a game to talk about in a couple of days. The, the The games go on. The Texans favored by six points over the Titans. That number has gone up quite a bit since earlier this week. And if you think you can make some money off of it, go to our partners over at mybookie. It's mybookie.ag is the web address. Uh, remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. Uh, the reviews are great. Their mobile site's fantastic. And we can only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why we urge you, you to make your way over there. And they, they have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored and their most rewarding player perks in the business. And if you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m., we got a deal. They're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. If you join now, my bookie matches your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code On Twenty Five to activate the offer. And if you wait till 6 p.m., you get that extra $25 free play by using our exclusive promo code. Go ahead, wait till after dinner, take the extra money, because my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. All right, we continue our look back at Bob McNair's life and career. And I'll go through some of the Texans players and former Texans to see what they said about him on social media. Andre Johnson, the legend. Uh, He said, I can't thank you enough for giving a kid from Miami a chance to live out his dream of playing in the NFL. Brian Cushing, uh, the former Texan, says, I will forever be grateful to Mr. McNair for believing in me and caring about me as a player and a person. Uh, It was an honor to know him and witness all that he did to give back to our community. Uh, Christian Covington, the current Texan, says, This man changed the lives of so many people in this great city and around the country thank you for giving me an opportunity to fulfill my dreams and drafting me to play for this distinguished organization. JJ Watt says, thank you for giving myself and so many others an opportunity here in Houston. And the original Texan, the OG Marcus Coleman, one of the originals says, Mr. McNair was a man I highly respected, very wise and innovative. He cared about us as human beings and made everyone feel special and important. He treated us as family and was a great servant to the community. Uh, Brian, you know, just uh, the outpouring is coming in from some, some of the current players, despite, you know, what we've seen over the last couple of years. And I want to kind of brush that aside for a little bit and, you know, just get your thoughts on what do you remember about that when the Texans first got to Houston and, and, and Bob McNair, you know, spending that money, that $700 million that he spent to get the Texans and, and get this franchise and
2: get football back in the city. I I was elated. I I was ecstatic uh, because, you know, for a while there, you know, I I was a Titans fan. Um, You know, I I was, you know, undercover, but uh, just, you know, wanting to see my team that I was able to watch every day succeed, uh, unfortunately, in a different state. And um, I watched a lot of Packers football, too, uh, as well. Um, I I still to this day, you know, during the era of uh, Brett Favre, I watched a lot of that. But uh You know, it was a long five years, and it was so good to have a franchise come into the fold again. Like you said, he had paid seven hundred million. That's about a billion dollars if you convert it to twenty eighteen dollars. Think about this: the Houston Texans are worth two point eight billion today. That is the ninth highest rate or highest valued franchise uh, among the NFL. Uh, The Texans regularly are in the top ten. So if you're not saying that he wasn't a successful businessman in terms of ensuring that the Texans are, are highly valued, then, you know, it, it it's definitely a false statement. But, um, you know, he, he had tremendous business acumen to be able to bring uh, football back to Houston. And I think his legacy will more be pointed toward the man that brought it back because we can all attest that football is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. We're not going to lose a team uh, once again. And like I, and like I said, um, with or you know going back to when I first went to NRG Stadium for the first time, you see the uh, the decrepit, the decayed, uh, obsolete Astrodome, and then you look to your left as you walk toward a grandiose, modern structure that that just. You know, it, it really just gets you. Even to this day, when I walk in there, it, it, it gets me. I didn't even know that the stadium was ever going to be built. But we now have somewhere, you know, where we can call home, um, you know, as fans when we go and watch the game and uh, cheer on our team, regardless of how they're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I grew up an Oilers fan. I grew up in Love You Blue. I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, but the Oilers, you know, it was a big deal. And, you know, Bob McNair... For whatever you want to say about him, uh, he always talked about doing things the right way, and it's one of the things that I respected most about Bob Bryan is that you know we we talk about um, all these guys around the NFL that are jerks that guys that you don't want your kids to emulate, and Bob McNair always tried to bring in people in his organization, the people that you deal with on a daily basis if you're over there. Uh, but the players, you know, the the, the management. I mean, look, uh, Bud Adams had a GM that mooned a wedding, you know, Ladd Uh Bud Adams would say stuff that was outrageous and crazy, and Bud Adams, you know, not not always bringing in the best people, you know. I would say, but Bob McNair, that's what he did, and, and you know, it was frustrating for most of my childhood to see. Bud Adams as the owner of the Oilers of my team because, you know, it it just like not only did it seem like they kind of had this losing thing going on, you know, they would lose in the worst possible fashion, but it was, Brian, it was just the fact that they would do it and they didn't have the best people. They didn't have people that a lot of times that you really wanted to support. They didn't have... Those kind of people, especially when you got beyond the love you blue years, there were times where Jerry Glanville, for instance. I mean, you know, the guy was kind of a jerk. You know, there's no nice way to say it, you know.
2: And, it, it, you know, Bill O'Brien, I think, is, you know, uh, deep down inside. I, I think that there's some good uh, out of him, even though he comes off as very gruff and, and, and very rough because, you know, you, you brought up Jerry Glanville. But um, I think he, you know, embodied the character, you know, of the Houston, Texas. That's why uh, that he's here. Um, I I have to disagree with you slightly there um, in terms of bringing in and they've they've actually you know backpedal on their stands, bringing in players that may have been tied uh, to controversy and maybe that's all of with with Cal running the team he's a bit younger and can you know his vision is a bit different you know according to today's generation but you know I I sometimes long for I'm not saying you know not everybody has to be a Boy Scout I mean if you have a few you know issues in your past, and you've corrected, and you prove that you've 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 steered in the right direction. And if you have talent, go on and bring them into the organization because again, we're all about winning. But you know, you could be the Cincinnati Bengals who can just take anybody, or the Dallas Cowboys and take in uh, you know just anybody. Just yeah, to, I don't,
0: don't want to be those t- guy. I don't want to be those teams. Yeah. I don't want to be that fan base. But who are you talking about? Who, who have they brought in that is bad person? I mean, I you know Ty Matthew. He's, you know, he's, I mean, outside of like, there there was like some very, very minor stuff that was like what you might, what most kids might do in college. Uh, But there's, what, who are you talking about that they brought in that's, you know, not nice, I guess, or or, or, or has this terrible past?
2: Well, to clarify, you know, I'm not saying that they they weren't, they weren't bad or not nice. I'm talking about a guy that, that may have had a history but has corrected uh, their, their mistakes. And I'm I, I, talking about, uh, you know, with Justin Reed, Justin Reed, Justin Reed, you know, was vocal about the national anthem. Yeah,
0: but being be, being vocal, I, Justin Reed's not, I mean, he's not a, he's not a jerk or somebody that's committed crimes. That's what I'm talking about. Justin Reed, he's been outspoken, but he's been outspoken in, in a way that a lot of people, you know, like and, and agree with, but it's not, it's not that he's been outspoken, you know, uh, you know, call, calling people names or anything like that. He's just been a, a guy that you know. You, you're talking about political. I'm talking about just good people, and you know, that's I guess that's what I mean. You know, just I want to speak a, a little bit more to McNair as a person because John McClain, you know, the Texans beat writer, friend of the show, you know, he said he attended a news conference McNair had in his office downtown and said before it began. Uh, McNair came through a side door. He went around the room, shook hands, introduced himself to reporters, cameramen, even photographers. Later, McLean asked him why he did that. He said, Is, is there something wrong with it? And McLean said, I, I guess if you think McNair, uh, uh, McLean said, I, I told him there wasn't anything wrong with it, and then I'd never seen somebody in his position do that. Uh, I guess if you think McNair was somebody that blew his horn, McNair, McClain kind of debunks that in his piece in the Chronicle. He wrote that right after McNair bought the Texans, quote, uh, he said, I found out several times he had donated money to specific issues, like after 9-11. Uh, he asked that I not write about it because it looked like he had told me and was blowing his horn. I apologized and reminded him that he was an owner and things were different, unquote. So there, there is... The Bob McNair that, you know, even though he'd done all that stuff, he's not somebody out there. He's the humble guy. He he was old school. I mean, it's you know, this is a guy that came from that different generation, you know, back to, to World War II. Did you ever get a chance to meet him, Brian?
2: I never met him. Uh, I you may because you know you were you know definitely out there covering games, but I never did get a chance to to meet the man that uh, brought football back to Houston.
0: Yeah, I mean, we we think of McNair as a Houstonian, but somebody who was born in Tampa, did move to Houston uh, a, a, until 1960. That was after college, going to the University of South Carolina, and yeah, I, I met him. And, and the University of South Carolina kind of plays into the story. A friend of mine from college. Had sent me a T-shirt with the University of South. It was a University of South Carolina T-shirt. So I'm out at practice. This goes back to year one. This is year one of the franchise. I'm out, of, out at practice. Didn't even think of the shirt that I was wearing, honestly. And all of a sudden, McNair beelines towards me, and he comes up to me and he goes, "Nice shirt." And then that's what I remembered. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm wearing the University of South Carolina shirt. <laughs> So, I mean, mm-hmm. that that was the, as much as my interaction was. You know, he just, I think he shook my hand or something like that. But, I mean, that it speaks a little bit to, you know, he, he wasn't somebody that just was like, I'm just going to talk to my people and do my thing. I mean, unfortunately, I feel like at times the current guys, Bill O'Brien and, and, and Brian Gain they don't they look at the the reporters and the media as more the enemy but McLean, you know tells more stories in the chronicle about you know him taking out the media out on a on a yacht for a, for for a, on one of his yachts or something like that you know th- this is somebody that uh went about things the right way like like you said that's that's the way he was and uh interesting story the, the chronicle columnist dale robertson another friend of the show wrote on social media that he remembered that back in 98, McNair sent him a fax. Yeah, a fax. Remember those faxes? Uh, He says thanking him for supporting his efforts to land an NFL team. So this is, you know, this is a guy that was thoughtful. Uh, I mean, this is what has sort of been forgotten over the last couple of years. And we got to remember that, you know, at this particular moment. And, you know, Bob McNair, look, I mean, the guys that he hired, especially early on, guys like Kubiak and Dom Capers, they were just great people to deal with. I mean, it was a different type of guy, and it reminded me of some of the Astros managers. Uh, it reminded me of Bum Phillips. Uh, they were um, not going to you know, go after guys in the media or anything like that. They, they, they tried to just treat people correctly, both you know, the players and the media, which, you know, I think that really emanated down from McNair.
2: You know, Bob McNair, you know, paid for the funerals of the victims. This was an event three years ago where nine victims lost their lives at the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in Charleston, the Charleston shootings. Yeah, all nine victims he paid for Uh, The funerals, and just this past off season, um, they took a trip down there. Um, It was Cal, Deshaun Watson, Jonathan Joseph, a few other Texas players, and they went down and visited the church. And um, it, I I guess, it was one of those things to where it it did help. uh, He was wanting to build his image, and he wanted to show how. You know how sympathetic he is to the situation of uh, racial uh, relations. So I, that was great that he did that. Now there are going to be people that criticize how genuine it was, but I, I do think that there is some sincerity uh, to that. And he took, I believe, I think it was a total of six players that you know had ties to South Carolina, and um, you know it, it was just great to you know to see him do something like that. But again, uh, like I talked about earlier, that's that's going to forever be you know, cemented with his legacy. But again, he did a lot more good uh, than bad. I mean, a guy like David Carr said, just being able to go in and, you know, he he was bankrupt and is able to, uh, you know, emerge and, you know, go out and buy the Texans. I mean, you know, people will forever, you know, be indebted to his contributions to the city of Houston.
0: Yeah, just a moment, Brian. I, I want to look back at McNair, the owner, and what we can say about him as an owner. But before we get there, just want to remind everybody to make sure you follow Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. It's our new Twitter and Instagram feeds. You can get all the local experts in the Locked On NFL Network all on one feed. Twitter, it, it's perfect when all those games are going on simultaneously. On a Sunday, or when news is breaking. And on Instagram, you get the major stories in just one minute. So it's perfect bite sized audio. Make sure you follow Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. All right, Brian, this is where I want to go over Bob McNair's tenure as the Texans owner and how the good and bad from all of that looks because, you know, he starts off by hiring Charlie Castley as the GM, Dom Capers as the head coach. And remember that Capers had that quick success with the Carolina Panthers as their expansion coach. In their second season, they were 12-4 and four and went to the NFC Championship game, which seems remarkable when you look back. So, you know, Capers, it, it seemed like a good move at the time. I thought, oh, that, that sounds good. Casterly had just spent over two decades with the Redskins. They had won three Super Bowls, been in four As last year in Washington. He drafts future Hall of Famer champ Bailey. He didn't look like a guy that necessarily was like a washed-up GM. When Kubiak was hired, Brian, he was coming off that incredible stint with the Broncos. He was the offensive coordinator for Elway when they won two Super Bowls. Right before that, he'd won a Super Bowl with the 49ers in 94 uh, when he was their quarterback's coach. Uh, Kubiak seemed like just the perfect hire also because he had the great backstory. I mean, you you got a guy who was the ball boy for the Oilers back in the Love You Blue days and yeah, you know, Kubiak ends up he's got four Super Bowls, Brian. When you combine what he did as an assistant and his one uh, as a head coach with the Broncos,
2: and there's a lot of ties to the Broncos, especially at Rick Smith. Um, he, you know, was, you know, you know, in the organization, working, you know, in management, and this was his first yeah, opportunity. and
0: that was, and that was because he was there because of Kubiak. I mean, they they had the ties to the Broncos. That's that's where that started. Was was with Kubiak. But yeah, I mean, when you when you look back. The moves that he made, most of them, uh, seemed really good. The the, the big criticism for him was he was too loyal. But isn't that what you want in in life from most everybody? Loyalty, and and maybe he just stuck with guys too long. And and you know, we've said it before. You know, Rick Smith for all the criticism racially that he took, he had Rick Smith as his GM for a decade when everybody was saying. Get rid of this guy. He's not good. He stuck with them too long. You know, he's t- it, And not only that, when you look at the people that have been the head of his communications, Brian, Tony Wiley, Kevin Cooper, African-American, uh, his current is Amy palchuk obviously female. So minorities have primarily been his community. I think every single one of his communication directors have been minorities of some sort. Uh, so, you know what what he's done when you look at hey, this is a guy that was trying to do the right thing. He hired people that looked like they were good hires. It just didn't work out. You know, and and the the big criticism is eh, he was too loyal. That that's what people didn't like about him as an owner. He was too loyal. You know, you could say, oh, I picked the wrong guys, but you look back and you're like, no, they seemed like the right everybody wanted Bill O'Brien, right? Everybody wanted him. He was he was kind of the hot coach when they hired him.
2: Yeah, just came off a uh, terrific season with Penn State, and you, you know, and he was his, that was his, you know, goal to to be in the NFL as a head coach. I mean, there were a lot of teams uh, going after him, and. Uh, it, it has seemed to fit you know and now he's here for uh, the next four years uh, you know with the Houston Texans and you know again you know we we have hang up of his personality we wish it would be a little bit more different but like I said deep down inside you know I, I think that there is some good uh, out of Bill O'Brien and look at this team they're on a seven game uh, winning streak so uh, looking forward you know Hopefully they can go and win it all for him. You know, <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a crazy uphill battle. I mean, there are a lot of good teams, uh, especially in the AFC with the Chiefs and the Rams and the NFC. But again, I think it will give these players inspiration to uh, to 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 win more uh, for him. And you know, I think about with uh, we haven't heard anything from Dwayne Brown, and I I I continue to to think about what was it that made it sour. In terms of the relationship between uh, the two there, I, you you know, with the way he felt about the anthem protests, I I really do. I'm surprised I haven't heard from Dwayne Brown, which is one of the most uh, tenured Texans. But um, I I think there really was some bad blood and I don't think it ever got a chance to be repaired, which I I certainly wish that it was. Keep in mind
0: that McNair paid seven hundred million dollars for the Texans six years earlier. The price for the Panthers and Jaguars, the two expansion franchises, $140 million. Uh So McNair, boy, he, you know he had to shell out way more than a lot of guys were, were doing at that time. The inflation in six years was was w- way huge. <laughs> and yeah. then there's the, this bit uh, of info that many of us might have forgotten. McNair thought about the Dolphins, buying the Dolphins early in the 90s before Wayne Huizenga did. That's a major turn in the history of if Houston – Uh, doesn't get the Texans because there was no Bob McNair out there. Uh, But he said he just, he, you know, he spent the time in Florida, but just didn't have an interest. He would later go on to say, and and Brian, let's look forward for just a second because Cal McNair, you know, he's the guy in charge now. I mean, that's from everything that we understand we we understood prior uh, to Bob McNair's passing that Cal McNair was going to, uh, grab the torch uh, from there, and and Cal McNair. Uh, we don't know much about him, honestly. Uh, Pat Starr says he's basically been running the Texans for the last couple of years. He says he's the guy that's you know doing the moves and stuff like you know. I, we don't know. I don't know if that's going to come out somehow, or if Cal McNair is going to say anything about that. But I I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see because. You know, this is maybe it's just maybe he's like exactly like his dad, you know, Uh, maybe not. Maybe Brian Gain is that separation and and that Brian Gain is, you know, more willing to do some things a little bit differently. We've seen him do things just a tad differently uh, than other GMs have done or at least Rick Smith anyway. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see what Cal McNair does
2: from here on out. You know, one of the things that we talked about with Jason Braddock, you know, back uh, earlier in the season, is that um, he lacked personality. And let's just see. Hopefully, you know, he'll have that opportunity to to show his personality because now he is the the face of the franchise. I wondered what the power structure was going to be. You know, it. it you know, again, you, you you're shocked about the passing of Bob, but then you think about, you know, how is the power structure going to go? Because he had. He has a brother, Cal, and and he also has, I think, Carrie is his brother and then two daughters. So is it going to be like a joint ownership or, you know, kind of like how— yeah, uh, you know, with the Browns right now, it's like the family—they're bickering, arguing over over who should run the team. And it looks like it's going to be a nice structure with Cal just being the centerpiece uh, of all of that. Again, he's going to have his opportunity to make his mark, and it looks like the you know the ownership of the Houston Texans is going to stay uh, within the uh, McNair family. But I would imagine that you're going to see some changes because, again, he's not Bob McNair. He's he's his own man. And he's but I think that some of the same principles, you know, looking for guys with character whenever they're hired into the organization, that's going to stay and that's not going to change. But whether things are different uh, moving forward, I would imagine I would have no doubt that we're we're going to notice some things that are, are going to be a, a bit different. And um yeah, I, I'm looking very looking very much so forward to it.
0: Yeah, you speak about w- what's going on with the Browns. You know, there was just a great article uh, uh, on Amy Adams Strunk, who's now taken over things with the Titans. The speaking of the former Oilers, I mean, yeah, th- there was some uh, stuff that was not going well when when Bud passed away, and, and things were they they were trying to do differently, and and there was a little bit of a power struggle, and Amy won it, and she's now. It's a good article. Go check it out. It's I think it was on ESPN or something like that, but real interesting. Um yeah, I read but it, it. this this is it Bob uh I i I feel like, you know, he he got his affairs in order. So I, I think, you know, there was probably a pretty direct thing and I, I think that uh you know Cal and him have been working together because you see Cal, you go out to practice, you go out to camp, you go out everywhere Cal's there I mean he's around uh th- this is somebody that's not doing something else, and all of a sudden he's thrown into it with with the health issues and everything else uh yeah, it, it, Cal McNair uh definitely knows that he was the guy that, that's the next in line and 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 maybe, maybe like Pat said he's been pulling the strings the last couple of years uh but uh anyway you know Bob McNair uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll say more about him in, in, in coming shows, and there might be some more stuff that come out. But um, just you know, it's it's a uh, it's really sad for this community because of what he's done. And I mean, again, I mean, I, I can't stress enough half a billion dollars in charity uh, he's given throughout that time. And as John McClane said, this is not somebody that's run out running out all the time, tuning his own horn. I, I just don't feel like that. That's the way. Bob he was old school and that's that's the way you do things then and 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 that's the way Bob was uh uh so we're going to i think we're going to hold off and do our next show the post game show for the Titans game looking forward to the to the Titans game looking forward to some some football on monday but uh you know uh, rest in peace Ma- Bob McNair and and all our best to the McNair family uh, don't forget uh com. Uh, go check that out, josephhouston.com. You guys know all of our websites as well as the Houston Sports Talk podcast where uh, I talk about everything going on in Houston sports, uh, not just the Texans-Astros, Rockets, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that's all we got for this one. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, everybody, and take care. We'll talk to you again soon. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network